So today on the Sound Iron Podcast, we are going to talk about recognizing winners. We're going to talk about our store-wide sale. We're going to talk about Contact 7 Player Desk Bell. We're going to talk about music-related scams and deliberate practice. Craig, Ooh. you ready? Yes. So ready. Do it again. Do it again, but better. Did you play <laughs> Boffett as a kid? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He said, I, actually beat, I actually beat Boffett. Is that a thing? Oh, the the pop it. Psh, yeah, psh, you beat it. it. Yeah, I beat that shit. <laughs> I didn't know Dude, you could. I didn't know you could. Yeah, I beat that shit, and I was proud of it. Especially because towards the end, it starts to mix it up to where I know this is like completely not even. Yeah, we'll keep let's this. Just, in let's the podcast just let's just sure. keep it in the pop. We're talking yeah. about pop it. It's so yeah, musical. I guess so. Yeah, I guess to the point where it's like pop it, psh, psh, and then it won't say like twisted. It'll be like yeah, it'll the make sound the effects. sound. Yeah, or or the pop it will be like. Psh, and it gets fast. It'll be like, pop it. Super fast. It goes way faster than that. Yeah. yeah. But like, I would get into like a groove, like almost like a meditative state. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, and I was super focused. And I remember it was like, you be bop it or whatever. Or or I don't know. It says something, but Incredible. I did. I'm not, I would not lie to you about that. Dude, I believe you. That's uh, that's amazing. I have never beat the bop it. I lost many times. So the first thing I want to bring up is you don't know winners beforehand. And this is a guy named Sean Kelly or the Sean Amator on Twitter. And he tweeted a recent animation grad told me they turned down what would have been their first gig because the movie seemed like it might not be great. I'll tell you what I told them. I've worked on 40 big movies. No one knows which movie will be great. They literally have no real idea and you don't either. The movie everyone thinks will be the groundbreaking stunner can bomb. The lame, seemingly derivative sequel can turn out to be a cult classic. Pinning your hopes on the on your first pro gig turning out to be Spider-Verse is a recipe for frustration. Almost no one will hit that lottery ticket with their very first job. If you can afford to be choosy, more power to you, but most will need to work their way up to dream gigs. The best film may be an absolute nightmare to work on, and the lame film may be a joy that catapults your skills to the next level. Build your career around the relationships you forge and the artistic journey you take. Choosing a gig based on prestige alone is a trap. So don't look for the perfect project, especially if you're new. Instead, look for a nurturing studio with a great culture. Look for artists you can learn from. Treat every project as a chance to help it be the best it can be and as an opportunity to grow as an artist. Nothing has boosted my career growth and job satisfaction more than that single choice. So it's very applicable to composing as well. Uh, you don't know what the winners are going to be before you do the job. Yeah, like that's that's kind of like what we were talking about with uh, last time with the Michael Giacchino stuff. It's like, all right, yeah, I'll do it. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. And, yeah, and you never know. You know, maybe doing a certain type of job let's say if it's like scoring music for like a horror movie or something you're like i'm not really into horror movies like eh, like every horror movie eh. like let's say you just you just have this kind of like you know i don't want to do that right but then maybe you're just like yeah i'll take a stab at it i've never really done horror it's not really my thing and then it's like oh it's like the next you know big horror movie franchise and now you're going to be on board for like the next five six seven movies or something <laughs> right and then you're like, oh, wow, like just because you just happen to say yes. And I, I, I think you can't have too much, you know, set in your mind of like, this is going to be the winner. Cause yeah, you never know. Yeah. You know, it's just like, like writing music and putting it out for yourself or like, you know, if you're in a band and you're like, this is going to be the single. But then you have guys like John Mayer, 
you know, he didn't want that uh, your body is a wonderland to be the single. Like he's like, I'm a I'm a blues guitar player. You know, right. I don't want to be that sappy songwriter guy. What happened? They said, listen here, John, this is going to be the one that's going to bring in the bread. This song is going to give you nightmares. Yeah, you're going to you're going to have to play the song every night for the rest of your <laughs> live gig, unless you're doing the John Mayer trio and then you could just shred it up on the blues. All right. But but yeah, and it, and then he blew up. Yep, that's like the one song on there that's kind of like that I, that I know of. I'm not I'm not the yeah. Don't so, don't quote me on on John John Mayer history. Yeah, but so yeah, he, he he like got famous with soft rock classics like Daughters and Your Body's a Wonderland, and it was just like whoopsie daisy. But if you if you have a hit that wasn't your favorite song or your favorite cue or whatever, uh, you can still leverage that to do other things that are interesting to you mm -hmm. yeah it's just hopefully the record label or whoever's not just pigeonholing you to do that now because that would yeah. suck man like you have like the one song that's like not really your favorite some deep track that you don't really care about you're like yeah i mean it's not like a filler but it's not my favorite and then now everyone just expects that and then you're just like <sighs> and then you come out you come out even harder with the blues shred on the next one and no one's feeling it <laughs> right and you're just like man screw you guys your career tanks but yeah it, yeah it's it's crazy it's like you, you never know what's what's gonna work what's gonna hit that's where it's just like as long as you're happy with it and you had fun making it then at least you know you have some kind of takeaway that's positive yeah instead of just like i hated writing the song i wasn't feeling it and it bombed that's the worst. Like that'll just make you quit music, and you don't want that. So you don't want that. I mean, I think most composers have a story about a fun project that they worked on that ended up being a success, and then like the a nightmare story of just horrible director or horrible producer, and the movie was critically acclaimed, but no one saw it. Mm -hmm. And if you keep in mind that most of it is relationship based, and you want to exit the project on good terms with everyone. Every project that you do can have a long tail of someone watching it 10 years in the future and being like, wow, I really like the music in that. Let's mm -hmm. look up who, who did that. And mm -hmm. that kind of stuff is invaluable to just to keep, keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. I think anytime you can collaborate, especially with other musicians, that's always fun. That's something that's always fun for me. Like uh, getting to, work on some music for that that uh borderlands dlc yeah you know i got to like come over with you know to the composer's house and we just kind of like riffed out and just kind of jammed you know as much as you could jam i mean i had my guitar and he had a, his midi keyboard and he was kind of like playing around with synths and like showing me some ideas and we were just kind of jamming all right let's record that let's record that just and um, yeah just like kind of working it out because it was like a boss battle that was like kind of like metal driven okay. So that was pretty fun because it's like I'm getting to work on a cool project, you know, just like helping out guitar wise and a little bit of writing and just kind of, um, you know, being able to just hang out and like it didn't really feel like work. It was just kind of oh, was like, we're just hanging out, writing some tunes, sort of like how it would be, you know, in a band or something like that. So that was really cool. And that's like one of those experiences that, it, you know, when I think back, it was fun. Exactly, and it, and it turned out really cool. So, and you both left on good terms, where like you could call each other and be like, "Hey, could you do this for me? Hey, could yeah, could yeah, we work together again?" 
yeah and since then i've I've been able to help you know as a session guitarist helping on some other stuff since then so that was really cool and yeah and it's it's cool to like yeah just have those friendships building the network building the network all right so speaking of building the network you also need a network of instruments of virtual instruments and that is why we're here for you today so sound iron store-wide sale happening now things are between 40 and 50 percent off uh depending on what you're interested in but we almost definitely have a library for you we got over 200 virtual instruments which might seem overwhelming but the cool thing about that is lots of options that's true we have vocals we have synths we have random tuned and untuned percussion of all shapes and sizes. Uh, one of my favorite libraries is Cruiser. Uh, it's a little vintage keys synth, and it just puts you right in the synth wave universe. And mm-hmm. I use the the arpeggiator on that like all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably one of my favorite vintage keys ones, especially for any of that kind of classic, you know, eighties synth type stuff if you're just fun yeah like it just instantly probably will make you want to like write some stranger things type stuff or just like some straight up synth wave yeah like one of the things that's really cool too especially with the, with these sales is like our our uh micro libraries like the strings micro brass micro uh, apocalypse percussion micro like those are already super affordable mm-hmm. so those are even cheaper now especially with the sales so if you're looking to maybe check those out and then eventually upgrade to the elements or or full versions like the olympus choir micro like those are like you, you know, i've done some videos using only micro libraries and those things pack a mean punch yeah don't don't let the name micro fool you okay yeah it's but, a great way to dip your toe in the water yeah so i mean you can get it on sale and then if you want to check out the other ones you know and climb your way up you can do that you can uh and we just released a free contact seven player library called desk bell and for the og fans you may remember that we had a non-player library for contact 5.5 plus called desk bell but this is now contact seven player so even if you don't own the full version of contact you can use this library no more demo mode and we have done some uh, under the hood upgrades so the biggest one is wavetables mm. contact six at some point added wavetable abilities but this is the first library we're releasing that has wavetables so we've included 12 wavetables and you can use for all four layers of just wavetable goodness i think for especially for this update, making it player. So for anyone that likes to have their libraries, the nice, pretty little, you know, library rack, you can do that easily accessible. And yeah, the wavetables thing is really cool. So, you know, it's definitely a, a really cool upgrade. And yeah, just having it player, I think is, is uh, cool for anyone who maybe doesn't have the full version of contact, which at this point you, you should, have the full version <laughs> um but that's another topic but yeah so if you're just like ah, i just got the contact player you know contact seven player i want to check out some libraries you know mess around with you know composing like that definitely check it out and it's free 
It's free. It's a great way to test out our four layer template and our effects rack. So it's uh, you can blend your tuned percussion with some ambiences, with some wavetables, with some synth sustains, throw a bunch of plugins uh, from the effects rack on it, and you got some crazy sounds. So it's very easy to tweak and uh, move around the template. Yeah, I agree, Nathan. I agree with you on this. So go get Despo. Uh, the next thing is why upgrade to Contact 7? Here's what's new. So this came out a few months back, but they are continuing to push features in Contact 7. And so the biggest new thing is the browsing experience. You can search by type or character. And you can see all of your libraries and presets in a different way. This is similar to Complete Control. If you use that, uh, it's, it looks like that. And Deskbell is also NKS compatible, so it works with Complete Control. And you can use it with Machina or S-series, A-series native instruments, keyboards. Mm -hmm. Like the one you see right here? I think, yes. I think you got one behind you? I do indeed. Uh, so the new factory library, the Contact 7 factory library has quite a large upgrade from the uh, previous one that was pretty dated. Uh, lots of interesting orchestral, acoustic, band, beats, choir, synths, and vintage sounds to choose from. And they're really not bad. I don't know if you've gone through them, but uh, they're, they're very usable, nice sounds. I know people like to poo-poo factory stock stuff but uh, these are totally usable yeah no i haven't had a chance to to check those out i remember seeing some some videos on some stuff that they were putting out. i don't know if it was free or if it was like you had to pay for so contact seven if you if you own the full version of contact seven it it's included oh okay interesting it's a big boy i think it's i think it's like 40 gigs worth of stuff oh interesting so the other thing it opens up is a whole world of free and low-cost non-player libraries for Contact 5, 6, and 7. Uh, so you should definitely purchase Contact 7 on sale. It's half off right now. Uh, I believe it is $149. Yeah, and if they're doing like loyalty stuff, you might be able to even get it like a deeper discount now. Yeah, so it's $149.50. It's half off. And you probably have a cross-grade discount if you log into your account on their site uh, and own any player libraries, then you can get an even bigger discount on Contact 7. So it's a great time to purchase Contact 7 and a great time to download Deskbell. Yeah, you get, you, you get Contact 7 and you come over to our store-wide sale and then you're good. The next thing to talk to you about is something called Deliberate Practice. So... This says the ultimate deliberate practice guide, how to be the best, everything you need to know to improve your performance at anything for beginners and experts. Deliberate practice is the best technique for achieving expert performance in every field, including writing, teaching, sports, programming, music, medicine, therapy, chess, and business. So the first thing is what is deliberate practice? Good question. I'm glad you asked. Engage in the uh, <laughs> deliberate practice is what turns amateurs into professionals. Across oh. every field, deliberate practice is what creates top performers and what they use to stay at the top of the game. Um, so practice means preparing. 
it's the act of repeatedly performing certain activities with the intention of improving. Uh, so we rehearse what to do in a low pressure situation. So that will be better when we use the skill in a high stakes situation. Oh yeah. Like a competition or workplace. The key distinction between doing and practicing is that we're only practicing something when we do it in a way that makes us better at it, or at least with that intention. Deliberate practice means practicing with a clear awareness of the specific components of a skill we're aiming to improve and exactly how to improve them. Unlike regular practice, in which we work on a skill by repeating it again and again until it becomes almost mindless, deliberate practice is a laser-focused activity. It requires us to pay unwavering attention to what we're doing and determine whether it's an improvement or not. So, uh, you know, people say practice makes perfect. And mm-hmm. I had a professor in college that always said, perfect practice makes perfect or something yep. along like like yeah, to, I've heard I've heard that good, one before. Good practice makes perfect, right? Uh, yeah. And so the whole the whole article is just saying, if we want to improve a skill, we need to know what exactly has to change and what might get us there. Otherwise, we plateau. So I don't know about you, but one thing for me when I'm practicing is filming myself or recording myself. Like I know mm. when I'm playing an instrument or um, doing weightlifting any sort of thing like that. If you film and then watch it back later, you get a much more objective zoomed out perspective of, of what you were doing mm-hmm. rather than being in the moment and just being like, yeah, that sounds good. Sometimes you come back to it and you're like, wow, I was flat that whole time or like, yeah. or I was arching my back. <laughs> yeah. I never, I never really did that with, with anything like working out or, or even music, the recording thing, definitely. Because when yeah. you record, like you can see on the grid, like, Oh, I'm, I'm coming in way too early. Rushing or dragging. Yeah. Yeah. So like that, I think recording has, um, you know, but not just like recording myself practicing. It would usually be when I'm, when I'm like working on music and I'm recording guitar because you're like, oh, like I noticed I'm doing a lot of slip editing, just going, sh- sh- moving everything a little forward or something. Or sometimes you could literally just drag the whole take just yeah. to where the first notes on the grid. And then you're like, oh, everything's actually fine. I mean, I mean possibly it could be like a latency thing too because there's times where i feel like i'm I'm recording pretty much on every like downbeat yeah, then it's like a little, yeah um for guitar when i used to practice i used to really concentrate on on listening and and really like watching where my pick is my mm. you know how my hand is positioned because i used to watch a lot of videos instructional videos on guitar players and i would even just watching them, I wouldn't necessarily, it's almost like visual practice. Like it's like yeah. you're seeing, you're seeing someone do it. So you have that, like the visual. And then when I would go to play guitar, cause I used to play a lot with my fingers fanned out. I still do sometimes, but then I used to play a lot where my, my knuckle, my fingers were in almost right. like class classical style, but it's like a soft fist almost. And I would see certain guitar players playing certain ways maybe their hand would be a little bit more like the knuckles angled toward the headstock or some people would be straight out where your thumb is like all that kind of stuff. And especially with sound, cause they're, you know, let's say practicing arpeggios, you have, you have all these notes in the middle and a lot of guys, you, you've probably seen this where you hear the first two notes and the last three notes <laughs> in like the middle is almost this kind of like rake, but you're yeah. sloppy. And you're, yeah. And, playing fast people might be like oh yeah that sounds cool but i'm like you, you don't hear any of that note separation and that's uh-huh. something i used to work on like sp- like do, playing scales or whatever like really focusing on like cleanliness and stuff like that 
because that that's the kind of stuff you have to think about okay if 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 i was sitting with a guitar player and they were playing and i would be listening to everything i would try to do that one with myself and sometimes it could be hard because it's like you have your right hand you're trying to sync it with your left hand plus you're trying to utilize both hands for like cleanliness you know i don't know about you like when you play guitar like do you do the thing where you kind of like wedge your let's say you're playing on the the fifth string of a guitar the a string yeah if you're in standard tuning do you wedge the tip of your finger like right below the the low, the low e string no see that's something like that's something that i've consciously like ingrained in my playing as a, a muting part so basically if i'm playing on on that string and it's the string below the lowest string i'll use the tip of my finger to mute okay and then I do like a light bar with my index finger over the strings. So that mutes like everything. So then I don't really have to worry about that with my right hands. But then once I get to a part where strings are, you know, let's say I'm playing on the D string, I'm muting the A string, but then the low E string is now kind of like available to make noise. Uh So that's, that's where I start using like the, the side of my right hand, like kind of like the, if you're watching this, like the, the meteor. Yeah. Like kind of muting. Yeah. Yeah. But just resting on it. And, you know, and then I just use more of that as I go higher and stuff like that to where to the point where, like, if I'm playing on the high E string, I'm still muting the B string, but then my right hand's kind of muting everything else. So it's like those types of things. And then just really listening yeah. when practicing, like being very, very conscious and like aware of what I'm playing, not just like, oh, this sounds sick because <laughs> that doesn't do anything for anybody. But like, that's what helped, I think with that cleanliness and, and, and all that is like focusing on the muting, all the little technical things like hand position, even how you hold your pick, like all that stuff. And, and this goes for any, any instrument like violin, violin is like that. I, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, so much finesse. Like, like to me, like guitar ain't, isn't anything compared to like a good violin player. Like that to me is way more impressive than someone just like shredding on a guitar. It's like, uh-huh. eh, it's cool. But dude, if you've ever tried to play violin, I mean, like guitar is not the easiest thing right away too. But like, I felt like I connected with that a little bit more. Yeah. So Frets. I think for me, it's just help. like, yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah. Like it's very easy to sound bad. Like anyone could just get a pick and just kind of pick a note and you're like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But when you get on a violin and you're like, all right, you're, you're holding it and then you're trying to get your bow technique and it's just like, it sounds like, like a car just like hitting the brakes about to like fly off a cliff. A cat dying. Yeah. Yeah. Cat dying. Cats driving the car about to fly (laughs) off a cliff and it's making that scream sound. Plus the brake is, it can get real bad, real quick and very uh, dangerous. Yeah. But I, I agree. Uh, I think just being, being very mindful or, you know, or recording yourself is always, always a good thing. Um, but yeah, just being very mindful and like aware, cause I think it's easy to just kind of like get into a robot mode and oh, I'm going to run through my scales, right. you know, but also being able to like see and listen and connect that to where then it really becomes second nature because you're, you, you don't really have to think about it anymore because you, you're, you're kind of like connected with the instrument, not just like playing it. Mm-hmm. You can also ask someone to listen to whatever you're doing or watch whatever you're doing and mm-hmm. you can almost get that second perspective just from them being in the room they're just like techniques trash 
Try it yeah. again. Like, oh, it sounds kind of bad though. Uh, it says, if you want to reach an expert level of performance, you need to begin practice sessions with a plan in mind. You need to know what you're working on, why, and how you intend to improve it. You also need a way to tell if your improvement efforts are not working and if you need to try a new tactic. And having lots of little realistic goals with a game plan for achieving them makes deliberate practice motivating. There's a sense of ongoing movement or progress, but the next step is a, uh, always a realistic stretch. Day by day, the gains from deliberate practice may feel modest, but when we look back over a longer period of time, small bits of progress compound into gigantic leaps. Mm -hmm. So it says how to implement this. Take the skill you're aiming to improve and break it down into the smallest possible components. Make a plan for working through them in a logical order, beginning with the fundamentals and building on them. Decide which parts you'd like to master over the next month. This is a long article, but deliberate practice is challenging and uncomfortable. Deliberate practice requires rest and recovery. Deliberate practice involves constant feedback and measurement. Uh, and it requires intense focus. So that is it on deliberate practice. But anything that you're trying to work on and really get world class at, uh, it takes more than just fooling around. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, like, don't go through emotions. Be very aware of what you're doing. And um, also going back to the workout thing too, like watching videos and trying to like, educate myself on stuff like that you you see certain things like people like especially when let's say like you're doing curls yeah a lot of people are so focused on just getting the weight up but they <laughs> yeah. don't realize that it's like the you know the the release aspect of it like where you really like are getting like a stretch in your muscles yeah. or like doing shoulder presses a lot of times people bring it to their ears when you should be bringing it like lower to really get that stretch on your deltoid stuff like that or even doing chest a lot of times people are just worried about pushing up the weight but they're not like pushing or focusing with their chest or like pulling with your back a lot of times like man my arms are really sore but they're not like you have to mentally think about your back is helping like pull the weight and like really focus on that and uh that's them that's something i've tried to be mindful of over the years especially doing any kind of exercise is not just like oh yeah i just want to crank out all this weight you know like, cause you'll notice if you do stuff like that, especially with, um, like, let's say like, like today it's doing like chest flies and like really kind of just like letting the, the release and the, getting that stretch all the way back and kind of doing it a little bit slower. Mm -hmm. You'll, you'll find that you kind of, um, you get a little bit more tired early on oh, versus yeah. just kind of like pounding through it. And, uh, yeah. So just be mindful of what you do. Don't just, don't be on robot mode guy. No robots. Leave that to the AI. Yeah, leave the. Oh, God. Don't, <laughs> I don't want to. Oh, God. Here we go. Uh, okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is scams targeting musicians. Craig, have you, have you ever been scammed or know someone who's been scammed? Nope. Nope. But uh, if you click the link, it's going to take <laughs> oh. you to sign up for my pyramid scheme. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no uh, but I have been tricked and I never, I didn't get scammed, but. You were on the road to Scamville. I was I was on the road to Scamville. Yeah. It was like some thing saying like, "Oh, your your eBay account has been yep. hacked. Click this thing," or or sometimes it would be something that looks like uh, an email from from Apple. You know, mm -hmm. they they're getting pretty good at trying to make emails look legit. Yeah, and 
I started going into into the point of like entering information. And I was just like, wait, 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 hold on. It's saying I got charged for something. Well, let me go check my my bank statement first and see if something actually charged me. Yeah. And there wasn't. I was like, oh shit. I think uh I think I should probably stop right here. Yeah. But because of that, it's made me a lot more mindful of just kind of because I think a lot of people get scared, like your account's been hacked, like, oh shit, I need to go, I gotta go get this, you know, I gotta put the fire out. But most of the time, you're probably getting scammed. Or check or or do your due diligence and and check other things first before, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's real rough out there, man. Uh there's so many scammers. Yeah, especially uh, like old older people. Like yeah. I I've seen some documentaries where like a lot of older people get targeted, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, like all you got to do is send us $1 yeah. and we'll give you a trip to the Bahamas. And then they get just wiped out all their retirement gone, sent to some other place. So and, sad. Yeah. So it's like older people especially need to really be careful because a lot of people out there targeting. Yeah. So if you're a, uh- old and listening to this podcast we really appreciate it please subscribe leave a five-star review but eh, we won't scam you but also beware of scams maybe don't answer the phone quite as often yeah if someone's trying to offer you something that sounds too good to be true it probably is too good to be true and it's not necessarily just older demographic but it's not it's not just you know if you see a thing that pops up that says you just want a free playstation you're probably going to get scammed (laughs) i'm just going to throw that out there right now so so the Federal Trade Commission says that people in the U.S. lost $8.8 billion to scams in 2022, which is Oof. a 30% increase from the previous year. So scammers are living the high life right now. They're on the rise. They're on the rise, 30%. As a freelancer or small business owner, which if you are a composer, you are a small business owner, uh, it's important to learn about different types of scams and how to protect yourself and your business from coercion and manipulation. So the uh, the first thing is, before diving into the details, it's important to address the root of the issue. The real underlying problem that allows music promotion scams to continue is this. And this guy has a tweet. It says, this is about to piss some people off, but it needs to be said. The reason why there are so many music industry scams is because scammers know that new artists and producers are gullible enough to think they can pay their way to success. You Mm -hmm. cannot make dope music and share it. So it says the big reasons why scammers continue to win is a lot of artists lack music business education. Uh, They're stuck in the belief or mindset that you can pay for shortcuts and scammers know your pain points well. Like buying followers on social media. Ugh. Exactly one of them. Yes. Common types of promotion scams and how to spot them. When it comes to music promo, there are scams you should be aware of. Um, when I refer to something as a scam, it doesn't always mean they'll take your money and ghost you. These music promotion services can look and o- operate like a real business with what it looks like. Upon closer examination, it's all fake and their efforts won't yield you any results. In some cases, you may not realize it's a scam, uh, but it won't benefit your career in any real way. Music promotion scams are everywhere, but here are some places you'll encounter them. Social media, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, random cold emails, websites from Google searches, and freelancer marketplaces. So one big thing is fake followers and streams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many artists put a high value on vanity metrics like social media followers and music streams. 
Instead of growing it organically through good content and strategic collaborations, musicians resort to faking it. So don't pay for streams on Spotify. It is a thing. You are just using bots to click links over and over again, and Spotify will demote you, so to speak. Yeah. Instagram too. I've, I've heard that in- Instagram accounts will get just removed if they know that you're doing that. Yeah. And it's like, in the end, is that how you want to go? Like, yeah. Cause then, okay. Oh, I got 50,000 followers on Instagram and you get like three likes. Like what's really going on here? We can all, we can all tell the emperor has no clothes. (laughs) Uh, Music blog scams. If a blog requires you to pay to guarantee a feature on their blog, it's likely a scam. Take a step back and think about it from a reader or visitor perspective. Why would a music fan read this blog? There's also playlist placement scams, which is a bummer, and publicist scams. If someone charges you to get exposure on big music publications or media outlets like Complex, Rolling Stones, uh, Variety, Pitchfork, you need to be very skeptical. If they guarantee it, then it's likely a scam. Hiring a real publicist can be very expensive. So like if it's, you were saying earlier, it's, if it's too good to be true, it almost definitely is. Yeah. Not always, not always, but probably 95% of the time. So one of my friends, when they signed up for IMDb Pro, they got a message from an agency that looked totally legit, felt totally legit, all their messaging. And they were like, hey, we want you to do this modeling gig. And she was a model. And so you just jump through these hoops, send us this info, and we'll get we'll get rolling. And they ended up sending her a check and it was for like $3,000 and she, it was supposed to be like a $500 get a job. So mm-hmm. she was, she was like, Hey, this check is for more than we talked about. And they were like, Oh yeah, we need you to cash it and then send us $2,500 in cash. And she was like, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> oh, so it was like the sending money back that was going to. Yeah. So she was going to, she would cash the check. And then the check would bounce, but uh, she would have already sent a significant sum of money to the scammers. But it's that kind of stuff where you sign up for like a acting thing or for like a composing thing where you feel like you just jumped up into the next level of whatever your career is trying to be. And you're getting contacted by people and you're, you're flattered or whatever. And that is uh, pretty scammy. They're like, this is my big break. Yeah, because there's there's always going to be people looking to take advantage of people who are trying to make a name for themselves in some way, whether it's acting or you're a painter, you know, doing art or a musician, like, you know, because a lot of there's, you know, there's always that broke artists or right. you know, starving artists kind of thing. And there's always, uh, man, I bet, especially for actors, because yeah. there's so many people like, like, look at Hollywood, like people glorify Hollywood so much. And it's like, go there. Right. Tell me how glorified it is. You know what I mean? And look at how many crushed souls, you know, like you see all the, you know, these big celebrities, uh, you know, we're at the award show. And a lot of those people are miserable. You know, yeah. this is kind of like a side side thing that I'm talking about here, but it's like, <laughs> A lot of these people are crazy, you know, they're mm-hmm. like thirsty for attention, probably have mental issues and stuff. But then you have all these people who like wanted to be an actor 
failed and then they're you know homeless you know but there's always like probably like modeling agencies acting agencies that try to take advantage of people or you'll hear stuff where like oh come in for this modeling gig and then they just get kidnapped or like traffic Oof. you know like there's like yeah this dark world out there and it, it gets real dark so <laughs> more than likely you should just probably go it in in the most organic way possible Mm-hmm. or connecting with people and networking and stuff like that you're probably better off doing that it might might be slower definitely but in the end uh nothing good comes fast i think you know especially yeah. it's like with anything just enjoy the journey folks <laughs> so this says this is the six most common music industry scams scheme one is the classic pay to perform and it's like hey do you want to be the opening act for whatever and you pay to play a small set and uh, ben jordan has a great video on scams that target musicians and this is one of his things and he says like never pay to perform somewhere i've done that before yeah i know what you mean like uh battle the bands kind of stuff yeah or like um for anyone going back to la for anyone who's familiar with the the whiskey you know it's a legendary venue it's been around forever and they were trying to make us sell tickets but yep. the thing is you know like we didn't obviously we we're a local band not from la and we i think we sold like i don't know not not as many as we were supposed to yeah and they were trying to make us pay they were like hey this is the fucking whiskey dude what do you think this is <laughs> and they were like give us 700 dollars now or you're not playing Oh my gosh. Was, yeah. And it was just like automatically it was like, this is BS and I'd never cared to play there again. Totally. You know, cause it's just like, especially when you're a local band, it's like that, then it just goes back to, you know, build up your band in your local area, build a, build your follow following and then kind of branch out to neighboring cities, you know, either taken with you or, or, I mean, there is benefit, I think, especially if, it's a show worth it. Let's say your favorite band was coming into town, right? Sure. And they're like, "Hey, you can you can open up on this show. You just got to sell fifty tickets or whatever, mm-hmm. or however much. I don't even know what it is nowadays. But it's kind of like if all right, if if you know it's a popular band and and you're selling them at like a discount, so people are more likely going to buy from you because they're getting it cheaper and it's supporting you and and that sort of thing, and it's allowing you to play." Especially if your band sounds sort of similar to your to the band that you're opening up for, that's big. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's all about just gaining fans. So that's where it can be worth it. You just have to do the legwork to to do that sort of pay to play type thing, right? Because it's because in the beginning you're not going to just be getting thrown on tours unless you're just one of those bands that are like unicorn status and just kind of like blow up. Yeah, you know. So there's a scheme number three called the X Big Wig. And this guy, I get you to the major label record labels. So basically like I'll help manage you and oh. get you in front of my friends. Uh, the truth is no one ever gets signed from these meetings. There's no such thing as getting discovered or put on. Yeah, man. Yeah. I have mixed thoughts on managers. I remember there was a time where we signed with this management agency like right before we we already were going to do like, this big tour that was you know we got from our label yeah and we were like oh well let you know like we we're doing this big tour in this management agency it was you know and and they were 
representing legit bands that we like. So it wasn't like some some scammy thing. Mm-hmm. But then because we were signed with them and we we're doing this tour, which they did not help us get, then they wanted like a cut of our merch mm. and like sales and stuff like that. Dang. And we we're just like, okay, like now we're paying this, you know, company to management company to take our money and they didn't help us get this, you know? Yeah. And we were just like, man, we would have been better off, especially nowadays. I think it's better off. You're better off if you're going to be in a band or, or doing music, like learn the business, you know? Yep. We're in a time where a lot of people are not even signing with labels anymore. They're just releasing it themselves, recording it themselves, funding it. Um, Yeah. Buy a few books, watch some YouTube videos. You should be set. Yeah. If anything, you know, having like a, a, uh, you know, being with like a touring agency, I think is good mm-hmm. because they're always kind of helping you try to get out on tours, especially if, if you're a band and doing this. I mean, this is like information that's more for band, band people. Um, I mean, if you're a composer and you have uh, a manager or someone who helps, you know, find new composing gigs or um, projects to score or, you know, getting video game composing jobs, that's different. Um, cause they're actively helping you seek new work, right? Not just like some person who's just sitting there trying to take a cut off the top kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, like something like touring agencies is good because they're always constantly helping you try to get on new tours, especially because tours aren't announced more than likely like, you know, three to four or even months in advance. Yeah. So it's like, by the time you've, it's just like, uh, getting a, a, a video game scoring gig like by the time you've already heard about the game like the music and that's done you're more than right. likely not going to be brought on as a composer so it's like being able to have someone who helps get you into those gigs early that's that's beneficial so you i i, I would say especially early on trying to do as much work and just informing yourself and educating yourself on that is gonna yeah. serve you well and and don't just be blind and right. It's accept someone's help because they're telling you they're going to help you like, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so this says the anatomy of a scam. Scammers often follow a similar protocol. The person reaches out to you to book your services. They ask for your personal information so you can wire, so they can wire you the money or Venmo you the money or send you a check. They offer to pay you upfront. They overpay and ask you to send back the difference. Uh, or they pay up front and then change their mind at the last minute and ask for a refund. If they're paying through Venmo, they may send you an email that looks like it's from the payment platform saying that you need to upgrade your account and reimburse the customer for the alleged fee. There's a sense of urgency around this. Here are a couple examples from 2023 of scams involving classical musicians. Hmm. Uh, number one is the music lesson scam. So they reported a series of scams where someone poses as a parent looking to arrange private lessons for their child. Often they're located in a different city than the teacher and looking for several months of its lessons while they're in town. They ask for the the teacher's personal details so they can send a certified check for payment up front. Then they change their mind about needing the lessons and request a refund, though their original payment never made it into your account. Uh, The performance scam. This is... If uh, someone asks you to perform um, for their wedding and they send you a check. So basically don't accept checks. Then be very, Mm -hmm. very cautious about checks. Only Uh, deal in cash. (laughs) So this lady received a check in the mail 
but it was quite a bit more than the fee she had quoted. And she deposited the check through her mobile banking app. And then the person asked her to pay the excess to a Venmo account. And then the person reaches out to cancel the gig after she transferred the excess amount. So it says, in this case, Venmo had already blocked this account, so the transfer didn't go through, and the check was rejected by the bank two days later. So if Venmo hadn't caught it, she would have gotten scammed out of the Ooh, difference. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so then there's the commission scam and the signature scam. Uh, one is asking for your signature. Like, can I buy your signature from you? Because uh, you're, you're so famous or whatever. And then they use it then they use it to uh to uh do identity fraud they're just popping that thing on everything right scammers usually try to set the rules for for how things happen and when are they pressuring you to act quickly or telling you how they want to pay in other words are they controlling the situation so these are the questions that you want to ask and you don't want to take everything at face value it's a dangerous world out there is what we're trying to say yeah, this this podcast has gotten gotten pretty real at times, but this is all good information that everyone needs to think about. Yeah, I mean, as a working composer, you do not want to get scammed and lose your valuable money. Yeah, and going back to AI, eventually AI robots are going to try to scam you too. They're going to have all these That's true. all these bots out there just trying to take advantage of everybody. Have you heard about the ones where they call you and it sounds like? Oh yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, where they, you know, and and this is something, uh, another note for people. If you get a phone call from someone and you don't recognize the number, don't even say anything. More than likely, they'll just hang up. Hmm. Because I've done that where, like, you're like, hello, hello. And then, and and that's when I'm just like, ah, didn't say anything. Because, yeah, there's probably people out there trying to record your voice and then act as you. Yeah, because I've heard this where they would, call someone like a family member and be like oh hey my car broke down and blah 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 i need you to send me money because you know this or that or whatever and people are yeah they're getting scammed uh, it's only <laughs> gonna get worse yes yeah, stay sorry. off the internet stay off the internet that's what we're saying yeah i want to find me a nice cabin in the middle of nowhere with good internet and just leave me alone except for soundiron.com you can go there that was a nice segue thank you so <laughs> now we will move on to our recommendation section so for me i found this plugin called valentine and it is free it's on github and it says valentine is a compressor and distortion processor it was inspired by the hyper compressed and crushed textures in the seminal justice record using it is easy turning input up makes the signal louder more compressed and more saturated turning crush up adds digital distortion The real fun is in processing signal with some ambience, be it a room or reverb. With the right input gain and release settings, you can introduce pumping and breathing artifacts. So it's a creative compressor and distortion plugin, and uh, that is right up my alley. So I would check out Valentine. It's uh, a cute, simple GUI, and I like it. Nice, nice. Yeah, I don't know. I've been... um watching some shows lately i don't know if i talked about this on a previous one i was watching this show it's on paramount plus called joe pickett i don't think so it's based off a book it's a pretty good show actually it's about this guy who is a what are they called like a wildlife sheriff 
there's okay. a there's a name for it. I can't remember what it's called at this time. Kid wanted to be it his whole life, and he comes into this town, and it's like one of those sort of it, yeah, it's based off a book, and it's one of those kind of who done it sort okay. of things. Um, really good show. They just started season two, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, another one I've been watching. Everyone listening to this knows I love me some Gordon Ramsay. Yes, sir. Uh, he just came out with some new show called Food Stars, Golden Ramsay's Food Stars. Okay. And it's pretty pretty interesting. It's different than some of the other cooking shows. It's where he gets these uh, entrepreneurs who have already kind of made some waves. You know, there's people who created like a food app or mm. someone who has like a food truck or they came out with their own like um, branded almond milk or something, you know, things like that. People who are already just kind of like entrepreneurial yeah. in, in the food world you know or that sort of thing or like someone came out with like steak chips where they're like they look like a, it's steak but it looks like a chip stuff like that <laughs> okay and they get all these people and they do like you know team activities like all right so you guys are going to start your own food truck you got to come up with a name you got to come up with a menu you got to come up with the pricing so it's very based off of that not just like you know who's going to cook the best filet mignon or, or something like that yeah but it, if 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 you are into marketing or branding or things like that, uh, I I think it's pretty interesting because you're seeing people have to quickly come up with ideas. And I think it's cool, it, especially when you apply that to other other things. Like everything is very based off of marketing and branding and stuff like that. So it's all uh, interconnected. Yeah. So if you're into that, it's pretty it's pretty entertaining. There's some douchebags on that show. What's you'll, what's the show on? It I think it's on Fox. Okay. I think I think he has like 28 shows on Fox. So So you're watching it on Hulu? Yeah, it's uh they air it on Hulu. I think they're up to like four episodes now. It's pretty new. Okay. Also been watching some new MasterChef. Nice. Getting getting down with the MasterChef. Extraordinary. What a shame. It cracks me up, dude. Every time when like someone brings up this plate, they work so hard on it. And he's just like, first off, the chicken. It's it's raw. It's raw. <laughs> he's like he's like the carrots. They're undercooked. The rice undercooked. What a shame! Every time he says that, we just crack up. Me and my girlfriend just start dying. So it's 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 something about it. Like I would rather be called an idiot sandwich. Yeah. Versus him just looking at me like a disappointed dad and saying, "What a shame." It hurts. It's worse. It's like punch me in the face or something. I'd rather that. All right. Let's go have a fist fight. Yeah, no, I just like just beat me up, dude. I don't I the chicken was raw. I deserve to get suplexed on the concrete. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, th- those are my recommendations. Watch watch some TV. I don't know if if Joe Pickett's on Paramount Plus, those other shows are on Hulu. There's a million streaming platforms out there now, but But before you watch Craig's suggestion, go get Desk Bell and go check out the sale. No, first you go watch uh, Joe Pickett and then Food Stars. Then you get Desk Bell. Okay. Or actually, no, you should get Desk Bell first. No, <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, there is a limited supply of Desk Bell cereals. We're, we're on cereal numbers now, you know? So, I mean, it is first come, first serve. Yeah, it will be there when you're ready, but you should be ready now. <laughs> Soundiron.com. Boom. All right. With that, we will wrap it here. If you have uh, a guest you would like us to interview, please let us know subscribe and we'll catch you soon ring that bell smash that subscribe button you know you know what to do you know the drill this ain't this ain't nothing new to you 
if you're still listening at this point, you're probably already subscribed. So we appreciate you. Yep. And you rock. You rock and roll. All right, Craig. I'll catch you soon, my man. Catch you on the flippity, my boy. Peace. (laughs) Peace out.